Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome to the Saratoga podcast. Adam and Dan, how we doing? Cooler than last week, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting week, tough week, I think, you know, with, with everything that's going on in the world right now, but, um, yeah. but we're a, a local podcast, so we'll, uh, we'll, it's, it's focused around uh, some interesting events going on in local city politics. We're going to do all local today. And Adam, I got to say, you're lighting. I feel like you're in like a limo or something right now. Oh, yeah. That's right. I'm My over the, 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 the kind of the den. And he, I forgot that was up. <laughs> I like it. I'm digging I, didn't, I did not even notice it. Really? <laughs> really. I love it. <laughs> I you know I didn't notice it either till right now. I'm like, damn, and I don't even know how he he did it or where to turn it off. So I, I like the purple vibe. It's really it's, yeah. it's giving me good good podcast vibes. Other halfway through the podcast, who knows? <laughs> so listen, you guys, lots to talk about. Um, I want to dive right in. So last night there was a public safety forum, a meet the candidate forum hosted by the League of Women Voters where we saw Kristen Dart, James Montanino, and Tim Cole, the three candidates for public safety commissioner, um, for the first time all together answering questions, not so much in a debate format, but um, you know, we got to see them answer questions back to back, head to head. And I wanted to see kind of what you guys thought about the questions, answers, how they did, um, first impressions. I'll I'll jump in and, and you mentioned it's not a debate and I I regret that we don't have true debates in this city. Yeah, I know. Um, it, the forum is tepid, right? It, it's let's face politics. It. Yeah, let's face it. We want to see a little bit of spark, a little bit yeah. of jabbing and so forth. Not not an, a ridiculous amount. Not the whole night, but the forum aspect. In fact, they make it clear they will not allow criticisms of the opponent and so forth. And um, I. You know, I want that, not because I want the fun of the criticism, although there's times when it is a little fun and interesting. But I think you need that, right? Uh, if, 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 for instance, if you're an incumbent, you're 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 due for some criticism, right? You can't be perfect. And your opponent has every right to point out what you've done wrong when you're when you're the incumbent and so forth. And that just doesn't allow for that. What I will say is comparing them to the ones from two years ago, these were better, or at least last night's was better. Um, it was a little more lively, a little more uh, at, a, at a, it seemed to be at a better pace. Um, the, the, the candidates, largely because of the rules, but maybe just because they were chose to, uh, they um, they were cordial for what that's worth. Well, like I said, that could be a negative, but it can also be a positive. So I, I, I took the positive of that to see them truly talking about the issues. There was a lot of substance. Uh, there wasn't necessarily entertainment. But there was substance, which, you know, if you were really looking for to be informed about who they were and what their candidacies were about, it it, it was helpful. Um, Adam, what did you think? Yeah, interesting you found that because I, I found it kind of lacked in substance. I, I think a lot of the questions I found to be, uh, you know, do you think public safety is a good thing? And if so, you know, like, how would you, you know, inf how would you express your concern about public safety issues and you know it came well I, public safety is important to me and i would talk to people you know kind of questions and it's it's it i i it, i felt like if you if you watch that and you were undecided you're still undecided if you watch that or at least if you watch that and you, you were leaning you're still leaning um i don't think it gave it gives the forum gives candidates the opportunity to really differentiate themselves they're they're you know candidates are very are are able and and you know, we I did this too. Give very kind of bland, generic, non-confrontational answers that that with the hopes of just not upsetting anybody, and that's kind of what I got out of it. I was this is so stupid, but like it's such a pet peeve of mine when you have like sixty seconds to make an opening statement, and every candidate spends the first twenty seconds thanking the League of Women Vote Voters for having the forum in the in the first place, and like doing this nice thank you. And I'm like, come on, you the, the, the clock is ticking. Let's get to the meat here. Um, my personal opinion, I thought Kristen Dart did very well. I think she's a great public speaker. I think she was eloquent. Uh, she was concise. I think she covered a range of issues in her uh, answers. Um, I thought Tim really differentiated himself with his law enforcement background, and he really, you know, hammered home on his FBI experience, and that definitely set him apart from the two other candidates. Um, 
I, of course, thought Jim took credit for basically creating like the sun, the moon and the sky. Um, but, you know, he's an incumbent. That's, you know, what I would expect him to do. Um, obviously, on a personal level, there were moments where I was kind of like raging for things that he, you know, corrected from two years ago. But I thought some of their answers were interesting and some of the questions were interesting and, and salient. Um, I wasn't expecting the question about short-term rentals, for example. I thought that was an interesting one, um, hearing their answers about short-term rentals and um, the potential public safety risk and how they would handle them. Um, they all kind of agreed that they were a problem, but they had different ways of addressing them. Um, any other answers to any or any of the questions like, you know, stick out to you guys as particularly controversial or interesting, or was it, did you all kind of feel like how Adam felt they were kind of. Well, I'll, I'll say the one, the one question I thought was interesting in the beginning when they, when they talked about the Daryl Mountain, the Daryl Mountain trial, mm, yeah. see how the pendulum has started to swing back where the evidence has shown that Daryl Mount died of his own accord and he was not murdered by the Saratoga Springs Police Department, which I think two years ago, you, if you said that, you would have protests at your front door. Uh, I think now, as, 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 as this trial has gone on and time has gone on, uh, and, and, and Jim and Tim Cole, essentially, Jim came out and said, the SSPD had did not contribute, you know, in a in a criminal way or a negligent way to Daryl Mount's death. Tim Cole came out and said he believes that's the case, but there is a trial going on now where all the evidence theoretically will be presented, and that he does he does not believe that SSPD had anything to do with Daryl Mount's death. So I found I, I I found it interesting and good that we can start to now talk about topics without without the, the fear of these these kind of vile repercussions from uh, an extreme element in our community. You know, I thought the thing that nobody really answered in that question was um, they asked how basically the candidates would help the community heal. And I do think that's going to be problematic because I think one way or the other, no matter what the verdict is from this court case, I still think there's going to be dissent from the same group that you know, is convinced really that unless the attorney general investigates, they're not going to accept that there's no culpability on the side of the police. Um, and I could be wrong. I agree with you, Robin. Yeah, I agree. There, there will be clearly there will not be acceptance based on a verdict. Yeah, yeah. And the trial started last Monday. I know Tim Cole referenced um, the opening statement that was made. Um, you know, that kind of summarized, uh, in his opinion, the lack the lack of evidence and. Having gone through all the witness statements that were made available on the city website myself, it, it is hard after reading, you know, I think there's like 20 something witness statements from all different people, from all different vantage points, um, including someone who very recently came forward and, and said he saw the actual fall. It's hard to uh, determine, you know, what real evidence there is that would implicate the police in his in his death. But hey, we'll let me jump in here because I, I got an interesting kind of story to talk about that witness that you just talked about. So I yeah. know that, and I remember talking to him. There was video release, and I thought uh, News Channel 13 really did him a disservice. Where there's video release, and he 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 gave his testimony to the grand jury uh, years later because the, you know the police came out and asked him to. He had he had seen what happened, and in his uh, in his. Um, and I forget the exact verbiage, but in his grand testimony, in his testimony, uh, he was asked to describe. I want to say it was it was one of the BLM protesters, and he said, "Oh, it was the black man with the beard," you know, and that was the, his description of this this gentleman, right? So it's it's a when you're asked to describe somebody, those are two descriptive uh, terms that I think are appropriate to use. And News Channel 13 snipped that, and they played it in the context of making him look like. He, he was like, that's how he refers to uh, mm. uh, people of color, you know, are, are, you know, that black man. But that's, that's, he was, he was asked to use descriptive terms. And he, the backlash he took from this little snippet, it, mm. it, he's like, you know what? He's like, I'm not going to testify at this trial. He said, they can use my grand jury testimony. They have it. He said, for what I went through. He has, he's like, I have neighbors for 30 years who won't talk to me because they think I'm racist now because of, of how they misportrayed him. I, I thought it was really interesting to see how he took that. And he said, you know, he said another thing, he said, is this is a civil trial. 
you know, so you know what? Screw them. Let them figure this money out thing themselves. They screwed me over. So anyway, I just found that really interesting. I thought I'd share that. That is interesting, especially considering that the judge ruled, I think, two weeks ago that race can't be considered a factor in this case. Yeah, I, well, I'm just saying this was this was before what happened to him was when he gave his testimony that was then given to the press. Right. right. No, I'm saying ironically, yeah. after all of that. Yeah. yeah. You know, as this yeah, that he went through all that. <laughs> he saw, you know, he'll tell you he he he. he 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 was that that the SPD was not there when Daryl Mount fell off that scaffolding. He was there. That's not what happened. But he's he's you know disgusted with the process. He and I don't blame him. You, you know to, to to be labeled something like that with with, with just yeah. doing your civic duty was really was really a shame. To, to clarify, you said grand jury. Are you talking deposition? I, I don't recall deposition. grand jury deposition. Yeah, okay. he was deposed. I think. So you know what I, I or maybe not a grand jury, maybe a deposition. It was yes. a dep it was a deposition. In fact, I'm like 99 percent yeah. sure. Yeah, I don't think this ever went to a, a grand jury in any way. Um, you know, so this restorative justice group that has just been formed actually could serve a purpose for the guy you're talking about right now, Adam, and people who may be dissatisfied with the verdict of this case. I mean, couldn't isn't that kind of what it's supposed to do? I mean. I have no idea. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think that is kind of like the purpose of it is to uh, take issues like this in the community and help and help resolve them. Um, well, so fill me in, fill me in on this. Uh, you know, there's so much news coming. It just comes at you. <laughs> Restorative Justice Committee. Maybe I should know this, but I don't. What what, what exactly is that? So um, I'm going to pull up the exact exact definition for you. But basically, it was one of the points in the 50-point plan that the uh, police um, uh, task, sorry, you guys, I'm so tired today. I'm having like struggling with my words. Uh, it's, it was one of the points in the 50-point plan that was adopted in March 2021 um, for police reform that was passed. And it's essentially um, a group of community members where uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up so I get this exactly right. Yeah, because I'd like to. Know, is there a current status of it? Is it already appointed? Yeah. Are they yes. meeting? Yes, it's they're meeting. Actually, they just met for the first time on October 10th, and the restorative okay. justice panel was created to provide an open discussion for the community about how to enforce and enable restorative justice in Saratoga Springs. Okay, so that's not super helpful because it doesn't describe restorative justice, but it's it's a it's not just like a nebulous thing. It's like a defined process and definition. Um, I'm looking at the and, agenda. And do we know who's on it? I Boy, I, I miss this completely. We do. So all the city council members appointed someone. Um, of course, this was like a couple months ago that they appointed people. Uh, the folks that come to mind off the bat are that Commissioner Montanino, I believe, appointed... Um, Daniel Mullen, correct? Daniel Mullen, yeah. Um, Lieutenant I, Mullen from the police department. I'm um, remembering this now. It's jogging my memory as you're yes. calling me this. I believe Holiday Hammond was appointed. Um, I'm looking at their agenda. Unfortunately, it's only welcome introductions, let's share next steps and closing. So it doesn't give us much. And, and this is on the City Hall website and there's no video yet? Is that correct? Um, there's no video video posted but ho hopefully maybe there will be video posted it it did just happen um on october 10th so yesterday so hopefully there will be video posted but um busy day in the city yesterday with the uh the legal woman <laughs> voters forum the budget that i know you're going to talk about and all this yes it was and actually in before we get too off track because actually i could talk about the public safety forum like extensively and i'd like to but we also have a mayoral candidate who is waiting here to join us to chat about the mayoral race. So do we want to jump into that and then come back to public safety? I know we're kind of toggling around a little bit. Toggling. Okay, good. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, bring yes. it on. Yes, okay. let's, let's, let's honor his uh, time commitments. Yes. So we had asked all the mayoral candidates to join us. And <coughs> today we are very pleased to welcome John Safford who is the Republican candidate running to be our next mayor of Saratoga Springs. Welcome, John. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Good to see you, John. So, John, yeah. i got to ask you, what made you crazy enough to run for mayor of Saratoga Springs in 2023, sir? Well, 
I actually, I mean, I, I think that I, I, um, well, first of all, I, I've been just appalled at the way Ron Kim has been running meetings. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, once, you know, I'm running on civility, you know, safety and civility. And I just, you know, I, I talk often about the fact that uh, civil is the uh, base word for civilization. Once you learn, once you, you know, uh, disintegrate at that level, at a, at a level of civility, which is what I've observed in many, many of these meetings, you, you, you basically destroy your civilization. And uh, so from a, from that standpoint, I said, you know, somebody has to run against Ron Kim. Somebody has to present, you know, a a choice to the people. Um, and so I stepped up to do that. I mean, we. It, it's interesting when you when you do this, you no, like I had, I, a, I had an interview with Dan, and you know, you you start to review your background. I, my background is very good to restore peace here. John, really quick, can I ask you just how, what are your thoughts on how you would run the meetings differently? Well, first, first of all, uh, it's, it's a, a tragedy that they, they can't have pre-agenda meetings. Hmm. Most, most of these problems should be worked out at a pre-agenda meeting. When you were on the commission, you, you know, you guys would meet and you would work these things out. They don't even have them really. I mean, they have to have them, but they just don't talk. And then they try to resolve these things at the, you know, at the, at the regular meeting, it just doesn't work. So uh, my goal would be to, you know, just hammer things out if we have differences and we will uh, at the pre-agenda meeting so that at least, you know, we can present a, a somewhat unified uh, council you know, at the, at the council meetings. So that's, that would be a number one priority for me. And, and just to clarify for folks, what John's talking about is that on Monday, the Monday before a city council meeting, um, the city council gets together and you run through the agenda that you have planned for the next day. And so when I was on the city council, typically what would happen was that in those, in that pre-agenda meeting, you would be able to suss out whether or not you had support or maybe an issue with something on your agenda and you could work it out at that moment or in between the pre-agenda meeting and the city council meeting. So you wouldn't end up in a spot where, for example, you were putting a, a issue up for a motion and you, you couldn't even get a second. Um, and, you know, it went nowhere. Like you would avoid moments like that because you would have preempted them by addressing it the day prior um, and, and avoid those like extremely awkward moments of conflict. Yes. So I would definitely, uh, you know, test everything there. The other thing is you really, you a chairman just can't be uh, an egotist. Yeah. You just can't be. Um, and one of my safety, in fact, the number one point in my safety plan is, is to whoever the commissioner of public safety is, the mayor and the commissioner of public safety have to have an understanding at least as to how to present, because um, especially when you have these, uh, you know, you were just talking about, um, you know, some of the people who come and try to upset the meeting, you, you have to have a working relationship across the board between the mayor and the uh, public uh, safety commissioner, because it's very confusing with a commission form of government. Uh, really the only time that the mayor has any control, you might say, over police action is when they, they're sitting as chairman or um, the presiding officer is the way it's described in the charter, but it's the same thing. Um, the chairman or the presiding officer has control over that meeting just for that period of time. And if you don't have a good working relationship, it, it shows weakness. My, my big concern is sort of the image that it puts out to the public mm. that if the commission, you know, you know, 
that that there's weakness and that translates over into a problem for safety for the city, which we can talk about if you want. John, John. Uh, Robin, can I jump in with something? I, I don't want to cut you. Uh, John, I, I saw on your Facebook page that you were going door to door and you had some great pictures of that. Uh, credit to you. I, I, you know, I think every candidate should be going door to door and perhaps they are. Uh, I know certainly Tim Cole is. I know you are. Um, I assume the others are, but I haven't seen that. What are you hearing from the people when you knock on the door and talk to them about the goings on in our city? Across the board. I mean, you can't, Everyone, it seems like everyone has watched the uh, harangue between the commissioners and the mayor, or the commissioner and the mayor. Um, people are very upset about that. In fact, I, I was on another interview and the interviewer asked me, what are the issues? And I told him, I said, the only issue that seems to really be important to people right now is this incivility, this, this angst, this, uh, these problems at these meetings. And that's, that's on what, what I would say 90% of the people that I talk to are aware of this and are concerned about it. I was out this morning. I was putting out signs and doing door to door this morning, uh, I just got done doing that coming here and I'm going to do more this afternoon, but uh, people are concerned. They, they just feel as though the city is falling apart and it's not. I was at the, um, uh, what was it? Uh, the excellence um, uh, forum yesterday. I don't know. It was, it was really good. It's most of the non for, you know, they're trying to bring, uh, networking and cooperation uh, to the city. And, and this city is wonderful. This city would function even if we didn't have a government, in my opinion, because the people are so connected and, and so caring about Saratoga Springs. But ultimately, if you don't have a functioning government, that will fall apart. And uh, that's the concern a lot of people have that the, that, that our government is falling apart. So, and that's real for them. How do you feel about uh, Tim Cole's suggestion to have a sergeant uh, at arms? Yeah, I uh, think that's I think that's an excellent idea, Tim. Tim, I'm I'm obviously I'm campaigning for Tim. I I think he's probably the best candidate. It doesn't, you know, I mean, if someone else gets, um, you know, I know Kristen Dart. I've met her a number of times. Uh, uh, she's active over at the uh, lodge, uh, and I'm an associate member there the Frederick Allen Lodge. So I'm familiar with her and could get along with her if I, if that was the case, but I'm, I've, I think Tim Cole's probably the best candidate. And uh, so I've talked to him about what we should do about this, this disorder that as you were talking about before, really doesn't matter what the evidence will point to more than likely those types of disruptions will at least try to be done again. And um, and so what I would do is, uh, yeah, sergeant of arms is a good thing, but we have to have a very clear um, process for talking there. We, we need it in writing. And we what we need to do is once it's set, we need to send it to the attorney general's office and have them sign off on it. That is a good suggestion. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what we're thinking of doing. Uh, at least I am. I've talked to this uh, to Tim about this, whoever it is, but it has to be posted and it has to be approved by the by uh, by the attorney general's office, and then we will follow that. So um, th there's a couple of dynamics that happen as as many as I think you guys have talked about it that you don't see what's really happening in the background. You know, you just see, see what's on the, you know, that's being video. But people are talking in the background. That should not be allowed. Yeah. The people are, it's a privilege. That's not a right to be, I mean, the, 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 the charter gives them the right to speak, but does not give them anybody the right to really even talk during the meeting. It's a meeting that, that we, we, you know, we want to be transparent. So when those decisions are made, we want people to be able to watch it. 
you know, and, and but you could kick everyone out after public comment and just have the live stream happen. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. You could yeah. absolutely do that. I mean, uh, it may take extreme measures, uh, to do that. Um, you know, John, can, Oh, I, I, I don't mean to cut anybody off here. I just had a kind of a quasi follow-up to my last question. We talked about, you know, you talked about Mayor Kim's incivility and the interruptions. And then, you know, there were some common things going on, the, the press conference after the shooting, all these lower level, even though they're, they're, they're hyped up high, but it's getting, what's getting lost is where are we going as a city? These big, important questions that should be the central to a campaign are, in my view anyway, largely non-existent. Does that, does that concern you? I mean, Ron yes. Kim's incivility, I'm not saying it's unimportant, but it's, it's, these things are consuming the entire, uh, the entire uh, talk of the city, the city hall, the city council meetings, the elections. Do, am I, do you agree no, with me? I, I do you have concerns? It's a concern to me because um, just like I was talking about before, sooner or later, you really don't have a functioning government. We don't really have a good functioning government now because of all of those things. There are some things that get done, you know, you have the consent agenda, at least people get paid, you know, but but the, the, the issues that you're often talking about are not being addressed. They're just overridden by chaos. Yeah. And, and yeah, sir, I am absolutely concerned about that and would want to stop that. I also often feel that I know at one of the previous city council meetings, I was speaking to Commissioner Golub afterwards, and he had passed an agenda item that was really exciting, which was uh, the construction of a, um, a park basically for um, for dirt, uh, dirt bikes, like uh, for biking um, over by Skidmore for um, like the Saratoga Shredders, the you know kids who are like dirt biking and mountain biking, and which was really exciting, like a attraction for, you know, uh, like a whole nother level of tourist attraction stuff for kids to do a really exciting project. And it had been part of his agenda and it had been passed, but no one was talking about it, knew about it because the whole meeting had been eclipsed with the nastiness between the commissioner and the mayor. Right. So even the things that are happening are, are getting lost because of the. Well, I mean, you, you, I publicly will, will, will commend commissioner Golub. You know, I mean, he, he you know, who knew he would have these the capabilities that he has to be able to function even under this, you know, dysfunction. I, I, I'm the first one to sing the praises of, of Commissioner Golan. John, uh, as a as the commission of former government, you you know, we talked about you have to work with the other commissioners. But, uh, you know, there are some some points and powers of being a mayor as the overall kind of the the captain of this city are there any directions projects initiatives that you would take on as the the next mayor of saratoga if you were to get elected well i think every, i don't know I, I assume everybody's aware that uh, through, basically through my role as the veterans chairman uh for the elks i'm very very engaged particularly for homeless veterans but uh in the homeless um situation and have been for a long time. When I first got here many years ago, over 20 years ago, I didn't have much to do. So I, I was, I, I ran the breakfast program for the Salvation Army and really got engaged with a lot of the homeless at that time. So ever since that time, I've had an interest in it. Now it's become a big political issue. Uh, but I've been engaged in it for a long, long time. And uh, so it's the homeless, the recovery community is something that, in fact, that was one of the reasons why I was at that conference yesterday is my interest in, in finding good practical solutions for it. I, you know, I, mean, I don't know if you want to talk about that, but I know a lot about it. Do you think we've been utilizing the county resources enough to help in those areas? I think that um, I think that the the relationship between the city and the county, particularly with regard to this issue, is an is an issue. Mm. Um, 
I mean, I know the county and this mayor, I mean, this mayor has no credibility whatsoever with the county, as you probably are well aware. Um, and, and obviously I would have a lot better relationship, but we have these disparate attempts. We have three separate attempts right now that are not, I mean, some of the, some of the people engaged in it talk, but it's, uh, it's not fully engaged, you know. I mean, we, we have mental health here, this county. Code Blue is a county initiative. Uh, the Low Barrier Shelter is a city initiative. At least uh, the mayor is taking credit for it, but it's really, you know, Meg Kelly that did that and still maintains that, by the way. Um, and it's dependent a lot on, on, on mayor's decisions to keep it going. So it's kind of a rock and hard place. But then we have we have our homeless commission uh, committee. And uh, I think Ron did a smart thing in, in appointing Tom Ruin ahead of yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think that they're doing, they're, you know, it's a tough to find a permanent solution to this is difficult. You know, and I think they're focusing in on that place out by Weibel right now where all that construction's going on with Stewart's and they're changing the road, which it needed to be changed. A lot of people aren't aware that that road is is uh, going to get more, much more reasonable, you know, that area out there where it'll go to a sign. But it's uh, but it's not being done now, right? It's exclusively the Stewart's reconstruction, right? It's not. Yes, a but, dual, but I, a I dual believe thing some on. of that movement has to do with that, that you know, the, the, uh, the whole intersection, I think the intersection being done because that's a dangerous intersection. I mean, right there you have, you, you know, there's, there's things that the city could be addressing if they had a little better relationship with uh, the other communities around here. And that's, a, that's a role that the mayor should be playing, but this mayor is not capable, it seems of doing that. I guess my more specific question, though, John, is that I've heard, you know, the city um, hiring its own social social workers, for example, to come work with the homeless. And my I get tripped up on that a bit because we have a Department of Social Services at the county level that we all pay into with with our own, you know, with taxes. And I, to me, I don't know why we would duplicate a system that exists already that it seems we're not working with effectively enough and, and taking on, you know, trying to form our own kind of department of social services and have our own social workers seems to me like it could be, you know, astronomically expensive and uh, duplicative of something that already exists that we aren't utilizing. Especially when we have just wonderful, all the not-for-profits have wonderful people who are capable of doing this. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So, why am I running? And I, 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 I have, I am a natural networker, if you will. Um, I, I, I put. I'm very capable of putting things together. I mean, and making things happen in a good way. That. Um, like, like I had an interview the other day and, you know, if, you know, sometimes people kind of laugh, you know, I'm a, I'm a manager of homeowners associations, but if you ever have lived in one, oh, or I can't if you ever, you know, I mean, they can be some of the most difficult places to deal with people. And I've been doing it for a long time and all of my HOAs are peaceful. I know how to deal with people. I know how to deal with egos. Uh, uh, I know how to get people to work together to get something done. And that's a skill that we need right now in the mayor's office. John, don't you also like basically head up the whole Flag Day Parade? Isn't Yes. Yes, I'm the head marshal for the Flag Day Parade. And uh, actually, the American Legion guys have been very helpful. They come over and they'll, they'll be marshals with me. It takes about 10 marshals to get that parade functioning right. Yeah, that is no small feat. No. I, yeah, it's a good example, though. I was a, you know, I'm a, I'm a member of the American Legion. And by the way, uh, Be the One is a very important uh, program that I support. Be the One is a national program put out by the American Legion uh, for veteran suicide. Just 
put the, something yeah. out there for that. Be the one is important. But uh, yeah, so uh, so I worked out with those guys to come over and help us because a lot of the Elks walk in the parade, you know. And so, if, uh, you know, um, we need some outside organization to come in and help us marshal. And, uh, and that's what they do. We, and we're thinking this, maybe this next year, right at the end, we'll have an American Legion group walk. You know, all, all the guys that come to help. By the way, the Elks have a, an event this Saturday, don't they? A fundraiser on Saturday? Yes, there's a, yes, yeah, that's, uh, and that's to raise money for our veterans. That's going to be cool. It's, uh, you know, it's, I think it's 60s, 70s music. Dizzy Chicken. Yeah. Two to Dizzy 60s. Chicken, yeah. 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 If, if people don't know, the Elks is a, just, just a great place. And, uh, you know, our Wednesday night uh, dinners, a um, little bit of that goes to veterans. And uh, we have a very active, a lot of people don't know, uh, it was the Elks that established the first veterans uh, hospital after World War I that end, ended up being yeah, turned into the VA. Wow. You know, so the Elks have been very involved with veterans activities, for, you know, since their inception. Well, John, where can people find you on the ballot? You are running on the Republican line. Is that correct? Yes. So I'll be on B line about in the middle of, you know, the mayor's right. You know, you have all the judges first and then there'll be uh, mayors. But I'll be right on the second line. And, and they can find out, by the way, I have a website, Safford for Mayor, S-A. A lot of people misspell my name. You know, they like to put a T in there. But it's S A F F O R D four F O R Mayor M A Y O R dot com. So there's information on there. Of course, my Facebook page is Safford for Mayor as well, and is very active. You know, I'll be posting on. You know, I was out like I told you, I was out today, so I'll be posting. You know, some of the things we found out. Excellent. But so they, if people want a lawn sign or if they want to support the campaign with a donation, they can head to your website. Absolutely. Excellent. Especially, I'm doing a lot of the deliveries myself. I mean, I have people who are helping me, but I like to go out there and just thank the people and talk, you know. Any, who's the, one last question. Who's the kind of the most interesting person you've met in your campaigning? Any, uh, any real surprising or interesting, unique people that you've met that really stand out? Besides us three. Yeah, yeah. Besides, besides the three of you. Well, you know, it, it, it's not unique, but um, in a lot of people, you know, this will be controversial for somebody, but uh, the one who who I have a lot of interaction with is uh, um, Robert, uh, yeah, used to be Jack Flash. Um, oh, Robert Mills. Mills. Oh, yes. I said it. Millis, yeah, yeah, he's an interesting guy. We have very similar backgrounds. You know, when I was interviewing with Dan, you know, I mean, uh, I have a background in automation. In fact, I worked uh, in in Dan's uh, dad's uh, uh, police department in Chictawaga years ago. But at any rate, Millis and I have a very, very similar background with regard to technology, and so uh, you know, for some reason strange fellows uh, in politics right so we, you know so we're kind of friends and, and not friends you know? <laughs> <laughs> but but at any rate he's he's one of the more interesting people that uh, that I've met through this process that's awesome that's awesome well guys just unless a, you just a quick point that, that that John alluded to we're both from Buffalo uh, John's home was, you know, maybe four miles from my home. I mean, granted, a, a generation, you know, to, to, we're, we're 20 years apart. But, uh, and John had, uh, back in his day in technology, um, worked with my father in the early 80s to, uh, to, to, to bring some technology to the Chicago Police Department. Small world, right? Here it's in Saratoga. Small world, yeah. I mean, we were the first ones to bring, uh, you know, laptops in the cars and have them connected in, be able to get all that information. So, but, you know, no, I mean, I, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm still involved in technology. I, um, you know, I just have a lot, a lot. And that's one thing that the city could use is someone with a lot of knowledge of how technology can be used effectively 
in a community yeah. like this. The commission form of government does not make that easy, by the way. Um, it's one of the biggest hindrances uh, to, to using technology to bring stuff together. But at any rate, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of background that I, I can make available uh, in this mayor's office. John, I think the most surprising place I've run into you is that I logged on to a uh, seminar about crypto one one time, and yes. there you were. Yes, well, you know, it's you know, it's 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 not the most popular topic right now, but yeah, <laughs> it's blockchain technology. I'm very familiar with. Yeah, and, yeah, I'm 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 uh, a crypto enthusiast. But, but, well, I was. <laughs> I was tickled to see you on there and uh, and, and loved it. I loved learning about crypto with you. So very cool. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on today. We we really appreciate your time and we thank you for stepping up to run. Uh, I think we all have a deep appreciation for anyone who's willing to throw their hat in the ring here. Um, so guys, unless you have any other questions. Um, no, I just, I just want to say, John, I, I, know, I know you uh, you served our country in Vietnam, so, uh, you know, the, the soldiers have well, a... Yeah, I, I like to point out that I was an infantry officer. I, I signed up to go to Vietnam as a platoon leader, but they sent me to Japan. Yeah, oh. well, you still signed the line, uh, and that's something that, you know, I never did. Dan did as a police officer. I don't know, I don't know that Robin did, but you still did it. You still, you know, you answer the call. So anyway, even, even, even though if you were shot at or not, I appreciate you uh, um, in your service for our country. Just want to throw Thank that you. in there. Yes. Yes. I concur. I, I echo that sentiment. Excellent. Thank you. John, thanks right. for joining us. I've come to appreciate those thanks these days. When you, when I first got out, you know, it was the furthest thing from my mind. <laughs> as you get older you, you realize you did something you well did. You, you did and we all reap the benefits so thank you so much and thank you so much for your time today thank you bye-bye don't want to overdo that and thank you too much but you know, <laughs> Women's i'm going to be on in the 26th in a, in a debate like that okay. we'll be watching all right i'm sure you will be bye-bye <laughs> Oh, so, so that's when the mayoral event is for the League of Women Voters Forum will be the 26th. I didn't, I knew it was upcoming. I just didn't know yeah, the date. It's 26th. It's pretty late. Um, yeah. But the 26th, and yes, we will be watching. So I just want to let everyone know, we have reached out to Chris Matheson and uh, Ron Kim to invite them on the podcast as well. Ron Kim has declined, uh, citing his schedule, which is unfortunate. I really would have loved to have him on to talk to him about his candidacy. Um, but hopefully we'll, you'll help, we will have Chris Matisse on soon so we, we can hear from him. And we have extended invitations to the public safety candidates and we'll be extending invitations to the supervisor candidates as well. Um, so hopefully we can have everybody on before November 7th. Terrific. Yeah. We might anyway, have to do a special, right? We might have to do a special one. I know. We, we might have to do a special, uh, a very special episode. More of us, folks. More. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you guys, I'm going to do a hard left turn into something that is tripping me up, which is it's budget season, and Commissioner Songby has just come out with the city budget, and I am perplexed because everything I understood about the city's finances were that they were really strong, that we had incredibly strong uh, sales tax revenue, that we had very, very strong and healthy um, fund balances, that everything was pointing in the right direction. But this budget that's come out um, is has a little bit of doom and gloom to it. Uh, we've got tax increases. We've got immediate blame on the last administration um, for putting us in a financial uh, pickle, so to speak. Seems, seems um, to be a pattern lately, right? Blame blame the previous ones. Yeah, and when actually, that, go ahead, Adam. Sorry, I was going to say, when in doubt, blame the predecessor. Mm. Yeah, which is a little um, absurd. And I actually have a statement from Michelle Madigan that I would like to read as we uh, get into that. But um, did either of you get a chance to watch the budget presentation? Yeah, we. I, I did. No. And Dan and I did briefly touched on this last last meeting. Oh, sorry. No, it's it's, it's all right because because you know you. But not the one last night. No, it gives an insight. You know, my my one issue is is and this is a little a little uh, shallow of me perhaps, but. 
you know, back when, when I was running against Manita for commissioner of finance, at no point did she ever say she was going to raise taxes, not once, but two times. And it, for me, I just, it, it's, it's, it's frustrating seeing, uh, you, you know, kind of seeing the public duped a little bit and then there being no repercussions because, you know, Michelle Madigan as commissioner of finance in 10 years did a very marginal tax increase once in the midst of COVID which yeah. if you're going to do it, that seems the time once in 10 years. And now in her two different budgets now, Commissioner Shangvi has raised taxes two times. And if she was honest about that intention during campaign season, maybe it would have had effect the campaign. Again, little sour grapes by me. I understand, you know, I'll get over it. Um, I do like Commissioner Shangri and most of the things she does in that position. But uh, for me, that was my my issue is this is this this continually raising taxes, and especially to fund things like you know you know you talked about this earlier. There's a, a three hundred thousand dollar line item in there for um, for rise for uh, um, services for our homeless population that again is, is, is Saratoga is taking on a big burden of this homeless population that should be subsidized by state and and county funds not just city funds which is what we're doing right now well they uh, you know Commissioner Songvi and Commissioner Montanino um, also agreed to run four-man engines um, for the firefighters which has always been a big bone of contention. Um, when I was public safety commissioner, I did not see a way that that was financially feasible within the budget that we had. And I was surprised that they agreed to it so readily. But now, you know, the, the bill has come due and she cites that in her budget message as uh, one of the reasons that um, they're, they're in this kind of predicament, um, which, you know, what, what do you expect? I mean, it was probably one of the most expensive commitments you could have made in terms of um, in terms of the city budget. So so it, it just seems a little irresponsible to me now to be uh, to be raising taxes and and putting pressure on the different departments to, uh, you know, make cuts. Um, I just think better planning was in order. But um, I'd like to read a little bit of this uh, statement from Michelle Madigan, if, if we have a sec. Yes. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I was nodding. You didn't see yeah, You got to do it in her voice, though. Oh, I, I can't do that. <laughs> All right. So, um, in your voice. That's right. He says, uh, decisions by the past administration have nothing to do with why a tax increase is being offered up with this 2024 city budget especially when the city council is sitting on a 30% fund balance, which is considered an excessive amount of taxpayer money. In my 10 years as finance commissioner, the highest fund balance I ever had was maybe 18%. The New York comptroller would call 30% excessive. If you're talking about recouping back taxes, well, I completed an in-rim recouping back taxes process during my first term as finance commissioner. So it's been about a decade and that is historically the time period in which our city collects back taxes as we have a high rate of residents who pay their taxes. It's been about one full term for, for the current finance commissioner. Uh, has this process even begun yet? Beware, it's an expensive process. Be sure it's worthwhile as it comes at additional taxpayer expense. As for reassessing, that falls to the accounts department. As I've always agreed with John Frank, former accounts commissioner, for, the former accounts commissioner, that is also an incredibly expensive process, so I'm sure it's worth it to the taxpayers. Also, if this is a problem, as the current administration indicated a willingness to begin a reassessment, can't blame past administrations for work you're unwilling to do, even or even start in the current administration. Um, so she she ends by saying she would not vote for a budget that presents a tax increase with a 30% fund balance. And I I agree that is there's such cognitive dissonance there. Um, and on top of that. You guys know what a geek I am about listening to all these meetings, right? I, at night, I'm cleaning the kitchen, I throw on my headphones, and I listen to all these city meetings, including the Civil Service Commission meetings. And I don't think a lot of people know about the Civil Service Commission and what they do, but they are um, an incredibly informative and important group at the city who essentially all the civil service positions um, which are the vast majority of the jobs at City Hall um, are governed by civil service law, and they all are approved by the Civil Service Commission. 
um, when new jobs are proposed, they go through them, the requirements and so forth. Um, probably not articulating this as, as best I could, but uh, because it's a little bit more technical. But um, there's three people that sit on the commission. They're appointed. Um, it's Jennifer Leidig, Joanna Zangrando, and Tim Holmes is the chairperson. Um, and their specific function is to provide an orderly and uniform system for the administration of civil service in the city on the basis of merit and fitness as provided in the civil service law of the state of New York. Um, these rules have the force and effect of law and apply to all positions in the classified service of the city of Saratoga Springs and the city uh, school district. So they um, approve things for both the city and the school district. Anyhow, in their last meeting, they started talking about their budget and their, the entire civil service department is run by one woman, Carissa Salvo. And it is such a massive job that she does. It's hard to describe. I mean, she's basically doing the work of three people and she's been working in the city since 2016. And um, they put in a budget request and essentially they had a meeting with the finance department that they described in fairly great detail. And it was a really negative meeting. They received an email 20 minutes before the meeting that uh, said that they were supposed to come in with um, like something like three and a half percent cuts to their budget that they knew nothing about. Um, they got there and I guess Commissioner Song V um, had not planned on even attending the meeting, but then at the last minute decided she could be there via Zoom. Um, and, you know, the people on the Civil Service Commission are all volunteers who are giving up their time to be at this meeting uh, to advocate for the budget for the Civil Service Department. And essentially, the crux of the meeting was, you're not going to get the money that you're asking for. And the message that was repeated to um, Carissa Salvo, who runs this department, was uh, too bad if you want more money. You knew what you were signing up for when you took this job in 2016. And when I tell you what she's asking for in terms of money is a 2% cost of living increase plus a 2% salary bump every year just to stay in line with the rest of City Hall who gets about a 4% increase in their salary every year. So we're talking about like tiny amounts of money, tiny, tiny amounts of money. She also desperately needs an additional staff member to help run the civil service department. Which again to is clarify, Robin, is she's the only one besides the the sitting members, uh, the commission uh, on the commission itself. She's the only staff member, the the only worker bee, if you will. She has one part time helper, but when she started in 2016, I believe she had a she had someone full time, and then that full time position was eliminated, um, and so she was able to get back someone part time, but she works almost every half the Saturdays of the year she works because that's when they do like all the physical exams um, and uh, all the civil service tests that the state gives. Um, so she works Saturdays, she works holidays, she's not compensated for them. It's an extremely demanding job and other municipalities of the size have at least three full-time people working in their civil service department. And so she has been asking year after year for support and continues to get denied. And so you know, when I look at this budget and I look at this budget message and I'm listening to the Civil Service Commission meeting, we talked about this for like an hour plus. I mean, in, in real detail, um, it was just it was maddening to hear about because these there are people in City Hall who if we lost them, I do not know how the city would function, not to mention the replacement cost would be astronomical. Like if Carissa Salvo suddenly decided, you know, she was sick of this and took off, you would have to hire a consulting firm to fill her to fill her job and do her job function until you put out, you know, the job announcement for her job, tried to find a candidate. I mean, it would be a whole very expensive situation to replace someone like her. And so to to not give her a two percent bump in her salary, I mean, I mean just to nickel and dime someone like that just makes no sense to me and really kind of sums up the problem I have with this budget and how the city is being run right now. 
Do I understand, Robin, yesterday you were telling me there was a meeting, I believe at 6.30 that started, or a budget presentation. Could you could you clarify that and tell what no, that no, no. was? I'm sorry. I was talking about the budget presentation that Commissioner Songby did. I guess it was it was last week, I think. Okay, yes. Okay. For some reason, I thought there was something yesterday that occurred. No, no. Yesterday no, okay. was just the public safety forum, and I think that was it yesterday. Okay. I did catch part of, part of her presentation. It was during the City Hall, uh, City Council meeting, correct? Yes, yes. Yes. I did catch at least part of that. Okay. Yes. And actually, as we're podcasting right now, they're having the public safety uh, budget workshop, which is a bummer. I would have loved to have watched it. Um, but they scheduled all these workshops for like in the morning and midday. So I'll watch it after the fact. But um, well, I see what's going on here. They're they're doing it when we're podcasting. So we can't watch. That's It's yeah. a conspiracy. <laughs> they think I'm not going to watch after the fact and talk about it next week. They got us something coming. Um. <laughs> But anyway, I, I just I'm finding this to be extremely frustrating and I feel like the city is already on fragile footing. So, um, yeah, made me very unhappy to listen to this. I'm just looking at comments here. Sorry, Bruce Kion chimed in uh, a few minutes ago saying, are you saying we should not fund RISE? The Republican dominated Saratoga County leaders will never do anything other than the minimum for the county's uh, indigent population. Your beef should be with them. Uh, Bruce, I agree with you that they are not inclined to help us out, but I think the onus is on us to do the work and sit down and have the meetings and develop the relationships to make that a functional relationship and make them want to help us. Yeah. Let me, let me yeah. Cause I, I'm, I'm the one who comment on that. Bruce, yeah. I, let me, let me clarify that rise is a fabulous organization who is doing incredible things. I can speak firsthand to it and deserves that, that, that those, those money and those funds. But, uh, but there is only so much where there's a finite amount of money that the city has. And when there's other opportunities and other people who should be responsible for paying that tab, I agree with what Robin said of where, what have we done? What steps have we taken to pursue that money on a county and state level? Uh, and, and so that it's not, it's not the whole entire burden is on the, the taxpayer, the Saratoga Springs taxpayer. And again, like we see causing our, our taxes to go up. I would also just remind people that the county budget is almost a million dollars a day. It's almost $365 million. So it's enormous as compared to our city budget, um, just to kind of put things into perspective. Um, Michelle Madigan also just weighed in saying, I can show this actually, civil service is a small budget. You can't balance a budget by cutting that budget. We work to grow civil service incrementally and add much needed software to the department. And actually Michelle, they address that and they don't have enough resources to even transition from paper to electronic files by using that software because they're so overwhelmed at the moment. Uh, they need to grow, not be cut. Much if their much of their budget is supported by the school district too. Yes, I concur. Um, anyway, guys, I'm sorry. I'm sort of rambling about the budget, but it just listening to this meeting just got me worked up. Hey. All right. Well, I think we're we're. Didn't Robin freeze there? No, I'm. No. <laughs> I'm here just mulling yeah. some of this. It, the, it was the, a, Adam. It was a rare Robin pause with with a chance for one of us to jump in. It off guard, like always. Like Robin's not talking or moving. What's going on? <laughs> I know you guys talk. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I, I think we're approaching an hour. I think we covered some good things today. We're looking forward to talking with other candidates. Uh, again, our. We throw the the invitation out to all candidates to come and speak with us. Uh, we promise to be fair and 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 you know, have the same line of questions for all candidates, and, and and we welcome more candidates coming in. Do you guys want to jump to cheers and jeers now? Yeah. Why not? Dan, take it away. Okay, I'm fired up because I had to call City Hall not just an hour ago or an hour and a half ago. Have you ever called City Hall and gone through the voicemail or the voice prompts? Oh my God, this is a jeer, folks. Trust me. Um, and it's a low-level jeer, right? Talk about a first world problem, right? Uh, you know, with, with, with God, what, what was happening over in the Middle East right now and so forth. I feel almost silly saying it, but it's something I just experienced and we're paying tax. And we if you listen, after they say if there's an emergency, hang up down 911, your first options are if you're a vendor, press a number. If you're the second one is if you're applying for a taxi or doing something about a taxi business, taxis these days, right? That's the number two option. And you have to listen through a, a, a roll and roll of things 
that are so irrelevant before you finally get the things that are more relevant. Um, it's really archaic. It's really bad. Uh, certainly we can do better. Again, let me announce pretty minor in the world in the grand scheme of things, but it still fired me up. Sorry. What's that Robin? No, don't press zero for like additional help because you just get a loop again. So just, okay. Yeah. I didn't even know that. I I wasn't even smart enough to try that. Um, I've got a, uh, uh, a cheer here to uh, commissioner Matt Veach, or I'm sorry, uh, supervisor Matt Veach and uh, uh, commissioner Jason Golub. Uh, I talked to Matt Veach earlier on, on something that will be on Saratoga um, uh, report tomorrow. I interviewed Matt and he talked about how him and commissioner Golub worked together to, to uh, uh, work on getting some funding and some fixing to the bridge for the Geyser Road Trail over the railroad tracks on Geyser Road. I guess it was full of potholes and it really killed your bike. And he praised Commissioner Golub. I was like, wow, you know, you just don't see this in government these days, uh, uh, much less within their own parties that they're fighting. But you have a Republican working with a Democrat. They're working together. I'm sure if Jason Golub was here right now, he'd be praising, praising Matt Beach. Good for them. I want to see more of that. I want to see more of that at every city city level. Um, uh, that is my cheer this week to, for both of them. A quick announcement, a plug, and then a shameless plug. Within the plug, the Chamber of Commerce is having the Business to Business Expo tomorrow at the Gideon Putnam from 3 p.m. to – no, 3.30 to 6 p.m. And that is uh, – it's kind of like a, a speed dating thing with a number of businesses. I will be there in my role. There's my shameless plug as the – a Saratoga Discovery map owner. I have a table and I will be there. So come come visit me. And you see a lot of businesses there. They'll be giving away some, some uh, swag and stuff, kind of neat stuff. It's a neat event to go to. It's free. It's open to the public. 3.30 to 6 tomorrow at the Gideon Putnam, the Chamber Business to Business Expo. It's a really neat event. I've been, this is my first time as a vendor showing up. Uh, I've always uh, been in the past as a uh, as an attendee. So please show up. I'm Dan, done. if I come, am I am I going to get any like little swag from you? Am I, what are you giving away? What am I getting? Uh, some some low level swag. How's that? Hey, you get all the maps, Robin, because I like you. I'll give you twenty maps. And I mean, I'm gonna put my house on there. It's featured, right? <laughs> yeah, that it's funny. They could if I so chose. They I, I'd have to pay them, but they would put a house on there if I asked them to put your house on there. I mean, that would just be the icing on the cake. <laughs> Adam, cheers and jeers. Yeah, so uh, I guess my cheer is, um, you know, today I got a call that no parent wants to get from middle school that my daughter was sick and in the nurse's office. Mm. Uh, she has very sporadic asthma, but apparently when it hits, it hits. And so, uh, you know, I raced home, got her inhaler. And by the time I got to uh, the school, they had already called an ambulance. So it was pretty serious. But when I got there, uh, I was greeted by the SRO. Uh, the school principal, the nurses took me in to see my daughter. Uh, we got her inhaler and her oxygen levels returned and, and, um, and she, she's okay. But it was, it was, um, as a parent, it's extremely disturbing to, to, to hear that, you know, the name was called for your child, but at the, the same time, the professionalism from the principal being there to the school resource officer, to the nurses, all kind of playing a role in helping me remain calm so I could keep my daughter calm. Uh, so just shout out to the staff on Maple Maple at Middle School. Uh, and it really, uh, thank you for helping my daughter and myself. Awesome. Um, so that was my cheer. I'm going to stick with the, you know, on the emotional role here. And I just want to uh, kind of acknowledge what's going on in Israel. Uh, if I think it hits all Jews. Uh, we all have some connection there. And so, um, you know, I pray for, you know, all all innocent civilians because there's innocent civilian lives were lost and will be lost. Um, but I, you know, especially pray for the people of Israel and in protecting this slim liver, this slim sliver of land that as Jews in the back of our mind, we always, you know, that was, that's home base. And even as, even as a really kind of reform, non-practicing Jews, the state of Israel and, and just having that because the Holocaust was not that, that long ago and having that piece of land where that fallback land, that Alamo, you know, not Alamo is the wrong term, pardon me, but that, that land that we could go to and just feel safe and, 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 and put up our, you know, put up our defenses. And now that it's under attack is extremely disheartening. And I just wanted to acknowledge that and that my thoughts and prayers are with the people of Israel. Well, shit, I can't do a cheer and jeer after that. I know. I know. Mine looks rather petty right now. Um, yeah. Well stated Adam. 
Yeah, that was really well stated. And um, when you said you're running late to the podcast, you really minim to minimize the reason why, Adam. I'm really <laughs> I'm impressed that you got on at all. Yeah, well, it, it was. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I you know, then I went. I made myself some. I added some vegetables that were going bad so i made a quick meal so i did take a little more time but anyway that's not you, you know what we've acknowledged we've acknowledged that robin come on throw out a cheer and jeer that's, that's okay um okay cheer and jeer okay well my jeer is really stupid but it's just that the bills should never play a game not in america because we we just can't do it if we're not on we're not in the usa no never again with london never again with london it's no josh Stay in good old America, okay? That's my cheer. That was horrible. Um, and then my cheer is totally kid-related, which is every time there's a bad Sunday with the NFL, I turn my attention to Saturday at the PBA fields and watch my kids play flag football and watch all the kids out there playing flag football. I've got three kids who play, and it's just so freaking fun. And it, it's it's just a joy to watch them all. And the sportsmanship is awesome. You know, win or lose, they, they all, uh, the behavior actually this season has been like exceptionally good. And it's just been great to see some good old fashioned playing with kids. And I don't know, I, I kind of need that in, with everything going on in the world right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's my, my very innocent cheer for today. All right. Do we have anybody next week? What's um, I've, I've, I've got to look at my booking schedule. I've got to check with our booker, our guest booker, yeah, and our production assistant. That's uh, right. Production assistant slacked off today and forgot to put up any chirons and banners. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're going to have to have a chat with her. But um, I will get back to you on that when I check my... We'll certainly have... Chances are we will have somebody next week, correct? Yeah, definitely. Um, it is campaign season after all. Yes, yes, absolutely. We we definitely will. I just got to I've just got to check to see uh, who's scheduled. Um, but I am looking forward to it, and it was wonderful to see you both. All right, awesome. stay charming, Saratoga. All right, bye, boys. Thanks for watching, folks. Cool.